your life is like an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I love when I get to do a playbook with a friend, and this is Jim Quick. He is actually one of, probably doesn't know it, but one of my mentors. And I always say, you know, how do you get a mentor? It's pick the person that sits in a situation or has experience that you want. Mm. Um, and the reason I wanted to have us sit down officially for once is that I, I've been studying the conscious, yeah, subconscious, and the unconscious. unconscious. And I talk about it a lot, and I only know the surface. Not only do you know so much more about the brain than I do, but you've lived it, which was the catalyst for you learning about the brain. Um, you got into an accident when you were young. I think you were trying to look at a fire truck through a window or something. Good memory. Is that true? It is. It is. And you fell and you hit your head on the radiator and it changed your life. I explain to me at five what that meant to you. Mm. So um, it's one of my earliest memories that I have. Um, when I had that accident, my parents, they said that I was never the same. You know, it led to a lot of learning disabilities. Um, I hate putting labels on things, but I didn't understand things. I don't know if anyone who's listening to this could relate to this, but when somebody's explaining something to you like a teacher, they would have to repeat themselves four, five, six times. And then eventually I would pretend to understand, but I didn't really understand. I had a very poor focus. I had a horrible memory. It actually took me an extra three, almost four years longer to learn how to read, which is embarrassing, right? When you're a child and they're passing around this book in, in circles, and you have to read out loud. You know, when I got that book, I just, oh. they, those words meant nothing to me. And so it made me very painfully shy. Like I was an introverted by nature, but shy is another level where it's, at the age of nine, a teacher pointed to me, said, that's the boy with the broken brain. And that became my label. And, uh, you know, parents and adults have to be very careful because your external words become a child's internal words. So uh, I know you talk a lot about the, the, the different levels of, of consciousness. For me, I, I, I recognize that when I wasn't good at something, I didn't do well on a test, which was pretty much all the time. I wasn't picked for a sports team. I would say, oh, it's because I have the broken brain. And that became my internal conversation. And because of that, when you have those issues, you don't feel like you have a lot of value, right? So you don't connect with a lot of people. I talk a lot about superheroes because I, I would escape. I actually taught myself how to read by reading comic books late at night. That's awesome. Because something about the hero's journey, something about good versus evil, something about the illustrations gave it life. And I think the fundamental message of all superheroes is that one person can make a difference. And, um, and I always wanted to make a difference, but I couldn't even make a difference in my own life. And I think my superpower, if you will, growing up as a child was being invisible. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be heard. Maybe deep down I did, like everybody wants to be seen sure. and recognized. But because I had this disability, I didn't feel like I had a lot of value, you know, with people. It's interesting because I've been blessed to be around the world's greatest athletes. Mm -hmm. And as I've learned your story from your story and I've watched you, it really resonated with me because your journey is much like an athlete's because there's a story that goes on from the time they're young. If they're extraordinary athletes, the world's best. Yeah, You're an athlete, but you are not a good student, right? You can't learn. You, and yet the reason I picked my business partner when I spun off from Lee Steinberg, Warren Moon, 
mm. was my favorite thing about Warren Moon was he was the first athlete that literally just kept asking me questions. And he, what, not apologetic, first time ever, he just said, look, if I don't understand something, David, I'm going to keep on asking you because my mom told me if I don't understand something to keep on asking questions till I do. And we don't ask questions because we get embarrassed. Right. And one of my theme songs, my heroic mottos is be more interested than interesting. Ask one more question. Hmm. Right. And if people would challenge themselves, uh, ask one more question, Dave. And it's so hard. It's a habit that's so hard because you think you know it or you're so busy trying to tell someone what you think, right. you forget to, to ask that one most valuable question that could change your entire life or perspective. Um, but you started to read and you started asking one more question. When did that transition, or I call it a quantum shift in your life happen? I would say that um, I do believe, I agree with you, questions are the answer. When people, when people come to me when they have struggles with their, with their brain's performance, they, they can't learn something. They feel absent-minded. Uh, they walk into a room and forget why they're there. They go to the store to buy one thing. They come back with two bags full of things, except for that one thing that they went to the store with. They, uh, they misplace things. Their wallet, their purse, their cell phone, their car keys, or if not their car keys, something larger like their car outside. They forget <laughs> where they park things. Um, or they'll read a page in a book and just forget what they just read. They'll meet somebody and get their name, and then the name just disappears out of their mind. Or they feel overloaded with too much to read but too little time. They buy books, and they sit on their shelf, and it becomes shelf help and not real self-help. I love that. And I, the thing <laughs> is, I do believe questions are the answer. That, For example, if you aren't learning something, like you read something and forget what you just read, I think a lot of people aren't asking the right kind of questions because questions are like magnets. Because nowadays, here's here's the thing with traditional education. If somebody's listening to this right now and they feel like they can't keep up mentally, right? There's too much to learn, too little time. They're drowning information, but they're starving for real practical wisdom. This is why I love your show and I love the, the practical advice that you give people and the, the inspiration also because you can't have one without the other. A lot of people feel inspired, but they don't know what to do or they get a lot of instruction but they're not inspired to use any of that, those ideas and those insights. And so I feel like nowadays, we grew up with a 20th century education that prepared us for a 20th century world. I get to uh, coach individuals like Elon Musk and his, and his team at SpaceX, the, uh, the rocket scientists. And, you know, We live in an age with him, like electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars, but our vehicle of choice when it comes to learning and education, it's like a, it's like a horse and carriage. And you wonder why you can't keep up Right, the world is is changing so rapidly, but how we learn and and, and apply and and uh, read and remember things. Right, yeah, right, and, and that's where I really wanted to get to with you because of my main philosophy of learning is is about attention and intention. Mm. So if attention requires why, right, that question you you need that's what allows you to pay attention. And then we talked about the inspirational side, which is intention. So once I find out now, I have an intent. But I believe that we have the capacity, regardless of what has happened to our brain, to allow things to come through us. So I, I believe in a processional or parade and that what I have to be is aware of what is proceeding through my mind, this parade. And then I want to pay attention to something. I start asking questions or asking questions so the, the audience doesn't because we, we take things literally. They right. probably are thinking, oh, ask. No, asking questions is a request for information. So that in our technological days, mm -hmm. that could be a Google search, right? That, so there's a lot of ways to ask one more question. So as I'm putting my attention by asking questions or being more interested than interesting, then I have to infuse the inspiration to, to give meaning right. 
right? Because inspiration is giving meaning to what I see. So I see this big Rose Bowl parade and I pick out the float that I like. I start asking questions or accessing information. The problem with my philosophy and why I really <laughs> want to ask you is retention. Because I'll go on stage yeah. and I'll move thousands of people. I've seen this. And I walk off the stage and people are like, oh my gosh, you know, like producers that have been there 30 years. That was incredible. You know, I'd like to see that again. Or, and I'm thinking to myself, I have no clue what I, I have to go watch the video. Of what you talked about? Yeah. yeah. You're, uh, through experience, an expert at understanding how the brain can retain and access that same information where I believe my expertise allows in the processional and the intention sure. and attention, but I haven't really grasp the knowledge because I have so much going on in my life. I wish I could remember everybody's name, for example. Sure. How, how, tell me a little bit how that works. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> um, so there's there's different aspects. And first of all, let me acknowledge how you go into flow states is, is astonishing. Whether I've seen you on video or I've seen you live on stage, um, Wayne Dyer had that same effect. He's my know, mentor, right? Yeah. Is that creative? And he like... wouldn't, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to also share stages with him and I asked him how he preps. He, he does no preparation. He, it just channels right through him also as well. And so um, I, I think it's a real superpower. Um, when, when I'm looking at memory, part of it is questions, actually. I, I have a, a framework I, I call MOM, M-O-M. It's kind of like the mother of all uh, like the principles, if you will. And if somebody's forgetting something in any context, they're learning something and they're just forgetting it. Because people don't realize there's a learning curve, but there's also a forgetting curve. They say that when somebody goes to a conference or they read a book or they listen to a podcast within two days, 48 hours, up to 80% of it is gone, you know? And so that's not a great return on your investment. You're putting all this energy and effort and focus and losing most of it. So the M in mom, let's say we're applying it towards, now, by the way, when people are asking, they come to me all the time saying, Jim, I wish I had a better memory. You know, how do I make my memory better? better? And that's the equivalent of somebody going to a coach and saying, how do I be better at sports you know <laughs> right. it's, it's pretty generic like what sports specifically because there could be a different technique for remembering names and learning a language to giving uh, i train a lot of actors how to memorize their their lines or a lot of ted speakers how to give speeches without notes so the m in mom stands for motivation all right and so this is what i mean by motivation is a lot of people are forgetting because they 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 have um there's no incentive right and so and that's something you can't give to somebody Right. I feel like a, a good coaching client, you know, whether it's from a parent to a child, a teacher to a student, um, you know, a, a leader to their team, they can't make somebody motivated, you know, long term, sustainably. And so if somebody comes to me, I'm looking for two qualities, both they're, they're motivated and also they're teachable. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if they, someone can be motivated, um, but not teachable. But, I call it potential and willing to do the work oh, for my business. I, I love clients, that like, so much. If you have the potential, which means the motivation. Right. And two, if you're willing to do the work, right. do what I say. Right? Right. If you're not going to listen to me, if you're just an interrupter, I'm screwed. You, I'll never be able to teach you anything. And this listening is very important also because that, that would be the, I'll tell you what the O stands for in a moment. But motivation is something like you're meeting somebody for the first time. A lot of people aren't really motivated. Here's the thing though, genius leaves clues. I feel like you are your own expert. It's not always the person you're watching on video or on stage who writes a book. You are an expert at you. So genius leaves clues, meaning you don't remember all names, but you don't forget all names either, right? And so what's, what's the method behind the magic? When somebody does something, when I'm on, on a stage, I'll have 100 people stand up and I'll memorize all their names. They'll give me a 100-digit number, 100 random words. I'm memorizing forwards and backwards. But I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's really possible because the truth is every single person watching this, listening to this could do that 
and a lot more, no matter your age, your background, and your it is career. motivating. Like I, I love not to interrupt because yeah. hold on, your I know you won't forget MOM, but <laughs> I don't have to worry about you forgetting what you're going to say. Um, but for me, it's so motivating because I teach. Right. If you think of something as a possibility, when you become inspired, it's a probability, and then you have to take action to make it your perspective or your reality. I love that. You live by that, and I sit there going, I, I love when people their reality surpasses my imagination. And I try to be that guy. Like I remember yeah. in law school, one of my professors, I told him how I snuck into Bolshoi Ballet in Athens and went with the with the band and you know the orchestra. Sorry, and I walked. And he said, "Oh, you're full of it, David." And I said, "It's so sad, Professor, when my reality surpasses your imagination." That's when I watch you. Interesting. I think to myself, I have the same brain. Mine wasn't even injured. <laughs> Maybe it was, but I could do this. Everybody could do this. And the, the science is saying right now, it's generally accepted that one third of your, it's predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in your control, uh, which is astonishing. Now, some people say all of it is in your control, depending on epigenetics and mm -hmm. everything. Um, and yet there's things that we're just not taught how to do it. Your brain is this incredible tool, the most powerful device in the universe, but nobody shows, it doesn't come with an owner's manual. And we know this, but the M in mom stands for motivation, meaning what is your motive for action? Ask yourself. So here's the thing, going back to Genius Leaves Clues, you don't remember all names, but you don't forget all names. So where was, where was, what happened there? What was the principle? So we tend to remember names of people we're attracted to. We tend to remember the names of people that could be good for our business. So notice it's there and you could create hmm. that artificially or just genuinely, but just asking yourself a new question. I mean, I, I think this conversation. Do you think that's connecting emotionally? Like it, it is. the name is what I connect emotionally to. Part of it, because that that's the thing. I believe there's a success formula. I call it H cubed, head, heart, hands. That people could visualize things in their head. They could set goals and KPIs in their head. They could have affirmations in their head and law of attraction in their head. But if they're not acting with their hands, they're not going to get the result. Mm. And then so what's missing is usually the second H, which is the heart. And what's the heart symbolize? Feelings, emotions, right? We know people don't buy logically. They buy emotionally, emotionally right? right? People buy an emotion for logical reasons. Exactly. And because <laughs> we're not logical, we're biological. I mean, you think about the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, the, the flood of endorphins. And so like sales is just a transfer of emotion. Right? especially if there's there's bonding and there's there's trust there's rapport and so that's why people do things but what's where's the emotion when people are remembering someone's name there's usually not there is if they want to remember it inherently so just you could build that up by asking yourself a question like why do i want to remember this person's name maybe it's to show the person respect maybe it's to practice these things i learned from this podcast maybe it's to make a new friend whatever it is because here's a here's the principle reasons reap results if you can't come up with one reason to remember someone's name, you're not likely to remember it, right? And so motivation is really key, even in learning in general. Like most people don't apply what they learn. And that's the other thing. My, my, my biggest gripe with the personal development industry, high performance industry, is there's this myth, there's this lie that knowledge is power, which is total BS. I agree. Right? Knowledge is not power. It has the potential to become power, but it only becomes power when we apply it. Right, but people think that buying a book or just listening to it, or just because they can repeat your sayings and your quotes, that that makes a bit of a difference. Right, right. And I don't feel like it's people don't understand it unless they could do it. Just for me, I was taught, and probably is a limit limiting belief now for me, is that you have a forefront of your brain can handle five to seven things. That's why we forget stuff, right? And and I think I bought into that. Where I was like, well, I, I can't remember everyone's yeah. name because I meet more people than almost anyone sure, I know. Certainly. Just because of my lifestyle and what I do. And I think I've limited myself by believing that my brain only has yeah. so many gigs of memory. And, and, and here's the thing. It's a complete lie. And it's, it's something that's been 
you know, I, I think the nature of our work for you and I and so many people listening is about transcending, ending the trance. It's this mass hypnosis that's out there through media, through marketing that says we're broken, that we need to be fixed, that, that we're not good enough, right? It's a scarce belief. Exactly. Universe, and right. it comes through all these different areas and we feel like, but the truth is there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and untrained memory, but it's not taught in school. School taught you to consume information, right? School taught us, you know, it was a, at, the 20, at the turn of the 20th century, it was to work in factories and farms, to take simple orders, right? Not to think for yourself. School taught us important subjects on what to learn, math, history, science, but no classes on how to learn, like how to think for yourself. I taught just what to learn and what to think, but not how to learn and how to think. So where was the classes on how to concentrate, how to focus, how to solve problems, how to build a business, right? How to be able to listen you know, with, with, with empathy, emotional intelligence. Where, where's the classes on how to read you know, faster, retain more? Where's the classes on remembering? School, you know, there are three R's in school, reading, writing, arithmetic, which is not spelled yeah. right, obviously. <laughs> um, but what about retention? What about, Socrates says, learning is remembering because there is no learning you could go out and go to an event spend all this money or get coaching but if you're going to forget it the next day then you know what power do you have and in today's world knowledge is not only power it's profit and i don't mean just financial profit that's obvious it's right abundant. nobody yeah exactly you're not nobody who's listening to this you're not paid for your brute strength solely you're paid for your brain strength that's the economy we're in you don't, you're not compensated for your muscle power it's completely your mind power and the faster you can learn the faster you could earn but and especially in this world of ever of fast-paced change you know what the half-life of information is nowadays out of school yeah. i mean it's to so it, things get so they say i read recently that the average graduates can have anywhere from eight to 14 different careers not not different jobs different careers, careers because right. who knows where the world's going to be 10 years from now which is why i look at life and i think this complements your philosophy with a lens of productivity mm -hmm. and accessibility and the, the accessibility is a two-way, this is the throughput that I believe in, is that how quickly can I access the information and then allow, allow it to be accessible to others? Exactly. And then so going back to the drive of uh, the importance of questions, which yeah. you introduced in this conversation, I think questions really are the answer. So it's asking yourself, why do you want to remember this person's name? Why do you want to learn this? Because reasons reap results. Reasons reap rewards also as well. It's like even taking knowledge to action. I did a whole podcast on this. There's, there's three questions I ask obsessively because that's all thinking is. Just the process of asking and answering questions of yourself. That you're talking to yourself and you're getting clarity on things. So there's three questions I obsess about all the time. Because me growing up with a boy with a broken brain, I'm always thinking, how do I make this better? All the time because you, that was the situation I was in. But three questions I ask all the time if people want to get more take knowledge and turn them into action because a lot of us procrastinate. We put things off. We self-sabotage. I ask myself, first of all, how can I use this? I mean, I am a thousand times a day when I'm going through life, I'm thinking, how can I use this? And then once I have that question, you know, I'm answering that I'm asking, why must I use this? I go back to the why, which is the second H, which is the heart. Mm -hmm. Why must I use this? Because I know if I don't have reasons, I'm not going to do that action. I'm going to procrastinate, put things off. Right. And then the third question is, after I ask, how can I use this? And then why must I use this? I ask myself, when will I use this? Because if it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen. But that's People, a transference into this vibration, in my opinion. Exactly. Right? If, until you ask when, it's ethereal. Exactly. Right? We live in a 24-hour time frame. When you say when, now you put it into the context of reality. And I think our calendars or on our phones or whatever, how we keep it, that's one of the most important like oh, performance productivity tools there is. Do it in your calendars. Exactly, your exactly. Calendar. Because here's the thing. If it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. 
And you got to treat that time as time like with your boss or time with your investor, time that you wouldn't compromise. And the white space of the calendar. I tell people all the time, I study my calendar mm -hmm. and I've really focused in the last two years. I study the white space of my calendar. What am I doing when I don't have something scheduled? Mm. Right, that calendar then, it's a transfer is from that, you know, I call, I have a little different order. I believe in what, why, how, sure. then when. And the when, that transfer is from, okay, how am I going to do this? The when, nobody gets. Like, they don't understand that these ideas vibrate so much faster. That's why, like, with full awareness, you could win the lottery every time. Right? It, it's proven that that data exists. Right? Wow. You, I, I, you can, with full awareness, you vibrate fast enough, I believe with full awareness, you'll know what's going to happen. Time, but in order to live here, we have to have a transfer right. using when into this reality of a lower vibrating, a vibration. Um, speaking of which, awareness. This word to me is a gift, and yet I am challenged to say I know 30 or 40% of what it truly means. How does awareness play into the brain? Mm. Well, I would actually, that's a great segue because the O in mom, right? We're talking about the three yeah. principles of memory. I knew you wouldn't forget what we were talking about. No, no, this is, <laughs> this is perfect. The O in mom stands for observation. And I do a lot of training for uh, like situational awareness uh, with, with law enforcement and such. But I really do believe when people bl blame their, their memory, their memory challenges on their retention, it's not your retention, it's your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people, they're not forgetting the name. They're just not hearing the name. And when you're meeting new individuals and you meet so many new individuals, a lot of people, when you know this, when you go to events, they're not really paying attention. They don't have that awareness because what, where the awareness is going is actually looking over their shoulders, thinking who else is important, who's more important in this room, right, if like they're the honest. Or their awareness is inside instead of actually paying attention to that person they're meeting and listening to them. They're thinking about, they're not listening, they're waiting for their turn to speak. Right. Or they're There's not listening. waiters. Exactly. And processors. And they, or they're thinking about with how they're going to respond. And, you know, Stephen Covey, great book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right? Seek first to understand them, then to be understood by them. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we know this, right? Right. But elevate how, others, then elevate yourself. Exactly. But how are you <laughs> going to show somebody you're going to care for their business, their future, their health, their finances, their family, whatever it is you're selling them, if you don't care to remember their name? Because what's the meta message we send to somebody when we forget their name and ask three or four times, right? That they're not important, that we don't care. Right. And it doesn't matter what happens after that, right? And everyone has enough insecurities that it just plays into their biggest fears. Exactly. And this is going back to emotions and feelings, right? Ego, right? Maya Angelou said, people won't remember what you say. They won't remember what you did. They'll always remember how you made them feel. Right. So it's always back to feelings. So the O in mom stands for observation. And a lot of people, they're just not present. Right. When we're talking about awareness, you know, like, like right now, there's two billion different stimuli we could be aware of. Right. Primarily, people don't realize your brain is a deletion device. It's trying to keep this stuff out. Right. And maybe you can only consciously, consciously, in terms of this front lobe here, yeah. um, pay attention to five to seven plus or minus two bits okay. of information, according to George Miller um, at Harvard. So five to nine bits. So if I give you a list of 30 words to memorize or you meet 30 people, maybe you'll remember five, six, seven, nine of those individuals in terms of your conscious mind, what you can pay attention, unless you have some kind of strategy to chunk it and to use more of your, your nervous system, to make it easier for yourself. But the O is observation. Yeah. And then finally, the last M in mom stands for the mechanics. And those are the skills, the techniques, the strategies on how to learn a language faster, on how to give a presentation and that's what you without teach. notes. Yeah, so that's what we have in our podcast. That's what we have in our online programs. 
but I'm saying like, if you don't have the motivation to remember something or want to learn something, and if you don't just pay attention, and by the way, a good memory training really is the art. The art of memory is the art of just being present and, and the art of attention, right? So even if the M is motivation, which is caring, the O is observation, which is just being present with somebody, and that's just being a good human, caring and being present with somebody, and you're going to retain a lot more. It's so interesting that motivation, inspiration, energy right. is always that inanimate, true factor. Like it's the X factor. I, I market the Pro Football Hall of Fame and I always laugh. How come every person in the Pro Football Hall of Fame isn't the biggest, strongest, and fastest person that was drafted number one? Right. Why is that? Because of that X factor, right? We uh, John Brink is from Sports Science, right? He has a new show and he wants to create the science of momentum. Which I'm really interested in, which is really where you are playing right now is how do we reconcile these great mechanisms that you understand far more than most people, but you're the only one that I know that adds in the intangible factor, the X factor of, Dave, all of this doesn't matter unless you have momentum, motivation, inspiration, uh, this emotional side of things, which to me is my extraordinary quest to pursue the potential of myself right. through motivation and it's interesting because both of us through different things that happened in our lives mine at five as well right my dad leaving yeah. six kids like it, it was an emotional thing that I, I i really tied into the emotional you went introvert i went extrovert interesting right and you know i, I joke around with like deal with a lot of techies and and you know what i call more geeky guys which is more popular now especially in the sports industry with esports sure. right just wait more people will know the greatest, you know, ninja than LeBron very soon. But they always joked around saying, you know, uh, when a, a, a geeky guy or an intellect is uh, extroverted, he looks at your shoes when he talks to you <laughs> instead of his own. <laughs> but you've, you've advanced. Um, all right. Unfortunately, this is a shorter podcast, but I, we're going to continue these conversations. Last question. If our listeners are out there, What's the best piece of advice to maximize your brain potential? Yeah. I'm going to riff on this because there are quite a few things. Please. But I want to add them as much value as possible. Please. Um, I was doing a training for uh, an actor in Hollywood, uh, Jim Carrey. He was preparing for- Never heard uh, of him, but uh, I'm yeah. sure he's good. He's preparing for a, a role, <laughs> uh, Dumb and Dumber. And he was like, Jim, I'm going to get really super smart before this. <laughs> for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. And we're How at, ironic. We're, we're at his home um, and we're in the kitchen making- uh, it was guacamole, which is, by the way, great brain food. We did a podcast episode on the on the top. Right, you 10 do foods too, foods. right? Yeah. And um, and I ask, I always ask people about their drive and what what drives them to do what they do, and because I do leave genius leaves clues, and a great conversation with somebody could be worth as much as you know going to any conference or book or anything. And he says, Jim, the reason why I act so extreme and I act like sometimes like a complete ass on camera is because I want to give people permission to be themselves. You know, it's so interesting. I do believe that you talked about in the beginning the fear of making mistakes and that how that inhibits and limits us. And I, he says, I want to free people from concern, the concern of others. Because I believe that if, I believe we could go broke if we buy into the concerns and opinions of other people, their expectations. And when we die, and it's a, kind of a morbid conversation, <laughs> it's not very inspiring, but, you know, again, begin with the end in mind. You know, when we're, when we're, when we're taking our last breaths, or we are in that casket. There's no room in there for for regret, right? And I and I spent a lot of time. My my grandmother uh, passed away of Alzheimer's, and and, and I spent an inordinate amount of time in senior centers, 
not teaching them memory techniques and everything. You know, I, I speak at the Cleveland Clinic for Brain Health of the researchers and caregivers and doctors, certainly with lifestyle and prevention, but just having them share their stories because they have worlds of experience, right? And so that, that wisdom is, is so precious to me. But it also polishes off their memories. But I also notice the big regret people have at the end of their life is they were living somebody else's life, you know, based on other people's truth, not their own truth. Mm. And I would say to be a, a quick learner, to be a faster learner, one of the best ways is to free yourself, you know, from the, the power we give to sometimes our positive peer group is so important, right? You know this. We're the average of five people we spend the most time with. If you spend time with ten, nine broke people, be careful because you're going to be number 10. We've all heard this. But the neurological reason is because we have these mirror neurons. And your mirror neurons in your nervous system, what they do is they imitate. So when you're watching a game, you could feel what the quarterback is feeling or watching a movie because you have empathy. And that's what is driven by your mirror neurons. Um, and that's why children learn so quick and everything. Um, but also, your mirror neurons is also adopting the beliefs and the values and the attitudes and the habits of the people around you. So it's not just your neurological networks, it's your social networks. And so what I would say is it's very important to be conscious of who you spend time with because that's why you become those individuals. And going back to this, it's very important because freeing yourself from the concern of your of your peer group too, because a lot of people, and you know this, that some of the people that hold you back are the people that are, that are closest to you, and they have opinions about things, and, and they can we be, resent them when we get what they wanted, for which us. is horrible, right? <laughs> because, because but but here's the thing: it's they could be sincere, but they could be sincerely wrong, and that and that's the thing because we give up our sovereignty to them. So I think it's very important going back from freeing yourself from the concern and expectations of other people just to be very conscious of that because it's hard to leave, live your truth. Because the truth is, or if we're talking about transcending and ending the trance, that people who are listening right now, they have genius inside of them. I, I, I've said this decades ago, but your life is like an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life yes. begins. That's awesome. All great so things, smart. all great things begin on the inside. And everyone who's here, you have greatness inside of you, you have genius inside of you, and now is the time to get rid of this trance, this hypnosis, and be able to let it out. And that that's really the goal, is to, to change the identity of individuals. My, my, my mission, because I grew up with a boy with a broken brain, is literally to build better, brighter brains. Because this controls what? This controls everything. everything. And it so controls my, your perspective, which exactly. is Exactly. And the thing is, is it's not fixed like your shoe size. And that's the biggest <laughs> myth. We've discovered more about the human brain more in the past 10, 20 years than the previous thousand 2000 years and what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities and that's the thing so just my my my, my thing with everybody the techniques are easy right that's that's what we we have, we have a podcast it's only 15 minutes long it's very short bite-sized brain hacks on how to learn a language how to remember names how to read a book a week how to change your Gotta habits but it really starts with knowing you have the, this greatness inside of you and also believing in yourself because here's the thing like if you look outside and you see a bird on that tree the 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 bird is not confident because it puts its trust in that tree branch. It's confidence because it puts its trust in its own wings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that people who are listening to this, you've been lied to. Like it literally is we've been lied to in terms of our own potential. And I'm not saying there was this mass conspiracy or anything else like that, but I'm just saying, look at your truth. I feel like for me, in order to be truly happy and fulfilled, you need two things. You need the curiosity to know yourself. Self-awareness, going back to awareness. Yep. And I feel like that's why we're here. That's why we journal. That's why we meditate. That's why we have relationships because they're a mirror to who we are. But once you have, once you know yourself, you also need the courage to be yourself 
And that's a different game. Way, way harder. Way, way different game because Ooh. a lot of people, what they're doing is they're mitigating who they are because they don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to look bad. They and want to be loved by everyone. Ex they want exactly. To please people. Because if they make mistakes, they're they're fearful, they're failure, or whatever it is. But you know this because of your life experience. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. Yeah. Right. It's the road and to people it. are so exactly. <laughs> and who doesn't because that and there's no failure. There's only failure to learn. There's there's only feedback, right? Yeah. But people need to make their mistakes. They're afraid to make mistakes. And they're afraid to ask questions. Exactly. Because that, people going think back they're questions. stupid, but then you don't ask questions and then you become stupid. <laughs> exactly. And so that's the thing. Going back to, that's the power of questions with everything we talked about. Asking questions, why do you want to run the present? Asking questions like how many use this? You know, why why must I use this? You know, when, when will I use this? Questions become the answer. And I think going back to this, when we're talking about transcending and getting to another level of growth, you need to do the hard things. Like success, like... Consistently. Exactly. And consistency. And here's the difference for me. It's if you're persistent, you'll get it. But if you're consistent, you'll keep it. Yeah. And if you're consistent, it is the precursor to persistence. Exactly. You cannot, I tell people all the time, you can't be persistent unless you're consistent. Right. Right. And that's why I have the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. That's happiness that. to me, right? If I, I can that. enjoy that, and, that, and that goes through all the realm of our body to mind. And my suggestion to everyone who's listening to this is be consistent with their learning because it's like, like for example, I think re leaders are readers, right? The average person reads a couple books a, a year when they should be reading at least one book a, a week. Is it different to read than to listen? I'm going to go way over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it different to, it, it, to it, read it, it than is. to listen? I love listening. Yeah. But notice how you could listen at 1.5, 2, 2x. And I listen to faster. 3x, right? 3x, exactly. I speak too fast. And that's, by the way, <laughs> separate from a totally as a tangent, but very related to this. If people want to read faster, the biggest obstacle to your reading besides focus is this inner, the sub-vocalization. Mm. Sub-vocalization, sub meaning under, vocal meaning speech, that's your inner speech. You ever notice when you're reading something to yourself, you hear that inner voice inside your head reading along with you? Right. Hopefully it's your own voice, it's not like somebody else's <laughs> voice. The reason why it keeps you reading slow is if you have to say all the words inside your mind to understand it, you can only read as fast as you could speak. Mm. To say it in another way, that means your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, not your thinking speed. That's why you can listen to audiobooks at 2x, 3x, because you could process that fast, you just can't speak that fast. But the truth is, you don't have to pronounce words to understand them. You don't have to look at a word like computer and pronounce it or New York City mm -hmm. because you've seen those words hundreds of thousands of times. And so they're what they call sight words. So part of, we did an episode on our podcast, how to reduce or eliminate subvocalization, nice. you know, because it just makes you faster. But these are the things we weren't taught because last time you took a reading class, which is a skill, you're what, six, seven years old? Yeah. And then that's how people are reading, going back to this. But I feel bad for the guy with the broken brain. Right. I can read fast. But here's the thing is just going back <laughs> to this, in order to be really happy and fulfilled, I, I was doing this training. I'll end with this. Um, I, I was with Will Smith and. And he Never was heard filming. of him either, but that's cool. There's a lot dropping and, on this and, show. Yeah, but I'm I don't know but what I'm, it is. But I'm a whole doing, bunch of big names. But I'm, I'm usually the guy dropping but names. But I'm doing Stop this. It, but I'm doing this for <laughs> not for ego reasons. I, I know. I, no, no, no. Because no, really, for memory, they're triggers. Because what will happen is we remember things through reminders. And next time you see Will Smith on Instagram or you watch him, you know, one of his films, it'll remind you. Oh, that was a lesson, right? Cool. Because if I mention Bob Smith, people are like, oh, yeah, whatever. exactly. So, but <laughs> we were on set, and he was filming from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And um, and I was like. Okay, genius leaves because I'm like, how do you? You're just waiting here, and then somebody says, "Okay, we're gonna shoot at 2 a.m." Right? Yeah. Like, how do you? How do you get ready? And he was like, Jim, I don't get ready. I stay ready. And I was like, Wow, it's good mm -hmm. to be Will, Will, Will Smith. But my my point is, is like that preparation is so important that you do the hard stuff. Like when you do the easy thing, which is procrastinate, put things off. Life is hard. 
But when you do the hard stuff, life becomes easy. Yeah, the universe loves simple. And like it really Ferris does. Says, right? I look for easy. Um, I love it. Well, we're going to do this again. Yeah, this of course. Was, you, you reached my goal. This Your goal was to have the best podcast, and I will rank it right now. I mean, Aubrey Marcus was up there. He, Amazing. It was like, him. boom, right? I'm just blown away. Thank you. Your name, uh, Jim Quick, represents how quick I, I'm just, you're processing stuff. And if you're not listening and learning from Jim, uh, you're missing out, and it's a blessing to have you on this podcast. I appreciate it. Can this I is what the playbook's about, right? Can I, can I challenge all your playbook Please. listeners? Yeah. I, I would challenge everyone to do this. The last thing I would say to accelerate your learning is to teach. You know, I feel like intention, going back to power of intention, we teach the thing that we need to learn, and also I feel like when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. And so I would challenge everyone to rewatch or re-listen to this episode and then take us and have somebody in mind when you're listening to it, to be able to help their life and then pay it, play it forward, right? Inspire them to and so empower Exactly, empower and one them. of the things at the very least people could do is take a screenshot of this episode or this video, post it online, tag you, tag myself, at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, and share your big aha with all your friends. Because when you do that, then it becomes not our, it becomes yours, you own it, right? And, um, and I think that's one of the best ways to learn something faster. I, I agree, and I also just wanna thank you because my biggest lesson, I have four kids, as you can see them over here to my right, and my three teenage daughters, I keep telling them, this is one of the most enlightened individuals, girls, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. Just think you're, you're that next one. So we'll do this again. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege, privilege to have you as a friend, let yeah. alone on the playbook. So thank you so much, Jim. Appreciate it, David. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.